This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. New York City, city of chaos and anarchy. We see it all the time, and uh, whew, what a what a horrible scene in Union Square on Friday. Did you see that? Some silly game giveaway, but man, did you see him going after the cops? I mean, throwing stuff at cops, and the cops hiding behind board, big pieces of wood, taking cover. Just heartbreaking. Quite frankly, I. I'd rather see the cops swinging bats at people than seeing that. Sorry, but, um, yeah, sometimes you got to use a bat. They call it bats and hats, riot gear for the police. I didn't see too many of the cops in riot gear. You know, Eric Adams told us what a, uh, what a crime fighter he is, right? This is his life work. Um, no, no, he's, um, he's an imbecile. Um, this coincides with right the same moment, right about the same moment of that riot is when Ewick announces that some of the most experienced um, uh, chiefs and senior executives would be terminated. They had to clear their desks on Friday because they were not allowed to show up at work on Monday. Some of those chiefs actually probably would have been pretty helpful on um, on Friday afternoon. Union Square, thousands upon thousands of uh, youth, teenagers, whatever, um, yelling and screaming and destroying vehicles. It was just... Quite frankly, it looked like I've never seen anybody hang off a a taxi cab like that, except in third world countries. I see, I have seen that overseas. I've seen it in India, where everybody grabs onto a, a a train car. You ever see that where they're riding on the roof and the side of it? I mean, it's really just like, man, this is chaos. We never have this in America. Well, we had it in America in Union Square. Um, what was it? A, a some sort of giveaway of a, a video game. I'm really glad I've outgrown those. You'd be surprised how many people, you know, not teenagers, still play video games. Here's a little uh, sample of the pandemonium. Throwing, throwing plastic cones, bricks, bottles at cops. It's funny. Oh, my God. It's funny that the media are treating this like it was some sort of mysterious weather system that blew through. Hmm, there was an interesting weather system. What, 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 what how could this have happened? I guess it was just a, a freak accident. Are you kidding? This is, this is now, um, 10 years almost of liberal woke policies. We know how to quell a riot. We know how to keep these things contained. Um, but you have Eric Adams pretending he's the police commissioner, does not have a clue. Afterwards, he giggled and said, well, they must have been from out of town. They must have been from out of town. Um, really bad. This, I mean, when's the last time we saw something like this? I don't know. I've not seen one this huge. You know, you can go back to Tompkins Square Park. That was relatively contained. Lower East Side. Union Square, that's a center of commerce. 
We like to go to Union Square. All kinds of people from all walks of life. Alphabet City, if you want to, you can avoid it, okay? Uh, wow, just a disaster. The city is just going to hell very, very fast. And we have such a clueless guy in City Hall, does not know what he doesn't know, and uh, still likes to party, still thinks it's all about putting on a great-looking suit and a tie and faking the rest. No, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. We can, we can, we could totally withstand a slightly pudgy, um, you know, mayor in an ill-fitting suit as long as he got the job done. We'd rather have it the other way around. All right. More on that in a little bit. Uh, you know, it's great that the Trump team finally has a fantastic lawyer. This John Lauro. Have you seen him? So he's, uh, the chief lawyer for the January 6th defense. And he's awesome. He did something yesterday. What do they call it? The full Ginsburg. That's when you go on every single Sunday show. The last guy to do that, or the first guy who did it, it was like totally ridiculous and over the top, was a guy named Ginsburg, who was Monica Lewinsky's lawyer. So this is the full Ginsburg, and he was he crushed them. He was fantastic. And I think his where the fake news was at its worst, it's a, it's a draw. It's um, Dana Bash whose real name is Dana, but she insists everybody calls her Dana. Uh, Dana Bash, who on her Twitter, I went to her Twitter, you know what it says? I'm a badass woman. Isn't that for us to judge? I mean, <laughs> badass. it says ba- I'm, I'm a badass woman. Well, she got her ass handed to her by John Loro. I want to take a good chunk of this. Let's go. This is the CNN State of the Union uh, show. Uh, go ahead. Please. Anytime. Uh, when you say second, does that mean 10 seconds, two seconds? All right. Let me know. Um, but he was fantastic on that show. He was fantastic on the Stephanopoulos show. And I think you have it now. All right. I'm going to help you. It's all the way down at cut 22. Cut 22. All right. Press play now. This weekend, the judge rejected your request for three more days to consider the special counsel's proposed rules for how to handle evidence. The proposed protective order that would let Trump use some sensitive information, but not take that information with him. Will you agree to that? Well, first of all, this protective order that's being suggested by the Biden administration is an effort to keep from the press important non-sensitive information that the Biden administration has that may speak to This isn't by the Biden administration. This is by the special independent counsel. no, no, here for this reason, no. The independent counsel, it's not independent, it's special counsel, has to get the approval of Merrick Garland in order to go forward. Joe Biden said in November 2022 that he wanted to see President Trump prosecuted and taken out of this okay, race. There's so it no, is the Biden I'm just going to stop you because no there's no evidence so that Joe Biden is involved so in this. Stop for a second. No evidence. How the hell is she saying no evidence? There is evidence. He's going through the evidence. Twice, Joe Biden actually said out loud that Donald Trump, we have to take him out before the election. He said it in October of last year. And then about six months uh, before that, he said he thinks that Donald Trump is a threat to democracy and uh, should not be should be prosecuted by Merrick Garland. He was frustrated with Merrick Garland. You know, we told that to the New York Times. The other thing he told to the American people, who the hell is this Dana Bash? Let the guy speak. You know, <laughs> maybe you should uh, maybe she should get a, t- a primetime show and just be a, c- a commentator and she can say whatever she wants. She's wrong. 
She's wrong on the facts. You see that? She also got it wrong about independent counsel or special counsel. Keep going, please. I'm just going to stop you because no there's no evidence so, that the line is, Joe Biden so, is involved so, in this. And you're no, right, he's a so special great. counsel. You know, Let's just well, stick to the question. Hey, why do I hear Sid underneath this, by the way? I'm hearing Sid underneath my tape. Anybody know about that? Uh... That's it's great and all, but uh, I don't. We don't want to hear him in the background of this thing. He was not on that show, as far as I know. And I was watching the CNN show. No sign of Sid. I tell you what. If you want, we can skip to the George Stephanopoulos show. We'll figure out what's going on with that clip, and let's listen to the George Stephanopoulos show. He was equally as good, and uh, George was equally as bad. Actually, maybe a little worse than Dana. Ready? All right. Let's go with cut twenty-three. We're joined now by Donald, Donald Trump's attorney, John Laurel. Mr. Laurel, thank you for joining us. Good morning. This morning. I want to start with the, the man who's probably turning out to be one of the top, if not the chief witness for the prosecution in this case, former Vice President Mike Pence. He's taken issue with your contention that President Trump was simply asking him to pause the certification. Let's take a look. The American people deserve to know uh, that President Trump uh, and his advisors uh, didn't just ask me to pause. They asked me to reject votes, return votes, essentially to overturn the election. What's your response? Yeah. Mike Pence will be one of our best witnesses at trial. <laughs> I read his book very carefully. And if he testifies consistent with his book, then President Trump will be acquitted for these reasons. Number one, Mr. Pence recognizes that John Eastman, who was giving legal advice, was a renowned legal scholar. Number two, Vice President Pence recognized that there were discrepancies and fraud in connection with the election. He wanted it to be debated on Capitol Hill. Mr. Trump wanted it to be debated in the state legislatures. But what, make no mistake about it, based on what Vice President Pence will say, the government will never be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that President Trump had corrupt or criminal intent. And that's what this case well, is about. Pence- well, that's good. We're not done yet. Keep going. Okay, I wanted the whole damn thing. Oh, well. Uh, you got the full thing? All right, well, you got it right up to the point. Anyway, what's happening here is this guy is totally crushing the fake news. He knows the case far better than they do. And um, it's wild to watch. It really is. And he's talking about the election. You know, for a long time, it was it was really forbidden. You felt like the FBI was going to give you a call if you talked about the election. They were trying to kind of give this false sense that if you talked about the election, there would be a riot. There would be a lot. They used January 6th that way. So now we can talk about it. I've been talking about it. You notice every time I talk about it, I give 15 different disclaimers, you know, but whatever. Maybe I can just say it. I think the election was probably stolen. I do say, and I can't prove it, but I do say that it's a suspicion of mine based on circumstantial evidence, like the 16 bellwether counties, the counties that you need to win to become president every cycle since 1946, right? There are 16 counties, and you got to win those counties. And guess what? Donald Trump won them all. Joe Biden lost them all. Yet somehow he's the president. How about Ohio and Florida? How about the unconstitutional vote in Pennsylvania? How about how they changed the rules and started mailing out ballots to everybody on the voter rolls, even though those voter rolls are horrifically out of date and everybody knows it? Hmm? All that stuff and a lot of stuff that we haven't even put our finger on yet. A lot of stuff. COVID. They took advantage of it. 
All right, let's see what happens next with Dana and John Loro, the new superstar of MAGA. Hacked for his First Amendment rights. Now these prosecutors are trying to okay, infringe on the freedom of the press. Okay, let's stick. To, I so appreciate you trying to you stick up for what's us. Happening. I'm telling you. I appreciate you I'm, trying to I'm, stick up no, for no, us. No, but I'm, let's talk I'm, about the the actual you what's going substance right of what they were trying to do in the filing, which was try to make the point not only that they want to. Uh, keep the discovery information, what the witnesses said, for the time being uh, quiet. But also, he made pretty clear, the special counsel, uh, that the idea that the former president is calling him deranged and mentally ill uh, is something that maybe shouldn't be happening. So let me ask you, as his attorney in this criminal case, do you want your client to stop speaking publicly like this? No way. Using terms this like case that. Was brought by, this case was brought by the Biden administration in the middle of a political campaign. And with the realization that people are out there uh, campaigning for office, I'm not involved in the campaign. I'm involved in representing. Totally understand. Uh, You're Trump not his campaign manager. One, you are his one, lawyer. Shut up, Dana. Would you that, want a client one, one to say things that, like this about the are, special counsel? One thing that... One thing that we are going to do is fight this very, very uh, unusual, outside of the bounds, criminal prosecution of First Amendment rights vigorously in court. My focus is on addressing the issues. One of the issues that the Biden administration will have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt is that Donald Trump had corrupt intent, had had criminal intent when he protested the results of the 2020 election. That's core freedom of speech. That's okay, core let's talk about this. Speech, you, you've talked about protected freedom of under our constitution. All right. Why the hell does she have to interrupt every single time? This is the president's lawyer. He went to law school. He's a former uh, assistant United States attorney. He's got four decades of experience. What do you have, Dana? What do you have other than uh, a, 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 peculiar, a peculiarly narrow face sorry but she does that not saying anything it's just it's just everybody can see it it's a very narrow face for some reason i mean what else does she bring to the table fake news credentials oh i'm sorry badass woman she's a badass woman just just go to her (laughs) just ask her badass woman anyway that was refreshing and there's more to come and uh other stuff too i'll be right back This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, somebody's coming at you, uh, trying to put you in jail for the rest of your life. Uh, one phony indictment after the next. I think you're allowed to hit back. I think you're allowed to shoot your mouth off about the guy. Absolutely. It's a First Amendment right. They're trying to shut that down because, oh, I can't believe it. He's threatening. He's threatening the prosecutor. Well, you know what? Um, no, this is not a physical threat. This is not, I'm going to kill you. This is not, these are just kind of spot on observations by President Trump about this weirdo 
prosecutor. They recruited him because he is weird, because he does have a track record of ignoring the rules and just going after his prey. Um, here's Donald Trump. I think this was, I'm not sure if this was, this was Friday night, I believe, in Alabama. Go ahead. Every poll, we're kicking Biden's ass. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And if I wasn't, if I wasn't, we wouldn't be under investigation by deranged Jack Smith. He's a deranged human being. You take a look at that face, you say, that guy is a sick man. There's something wrong with him. I withdrew. Somebody said, why don't you be nice to him? I said, yeah, wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter. This guy's a maniac. They gave me a maniac. They gave him the nicest man in the world. You know the boxes hooks, right? The boxes hook. This guy's got 1,850 boxes, Lindsay. He's got boxes in China. Actually, every poll. Wait, one more time. What here? Ass. I don't know why it's so funny when he says ass. Biden's ass. And that's the, the, the crowd problem. goes wild. So he called that's the guy the deranged and crazy, and he is. He's crazy looking. Now they want to say, oh, this is really, really uh, uh, dangerous rhetoric. No, it's not. This is America. People can handle it. And then what's the other thing he put out on Truth Social that they're really petrified of? Fake petrified. Um, if you come at me, I will come at you. What's wrong with that? Isn't that kind of the way politics is played? Right. If you come at me with negative ads, I will go after you with negative ads. If you say something about me, Mike Pence, I will hit you twice as hard. You can find time and time again. Actually, there's a million examples of Donald Trump explaining that he never hits first. Um, well, actually, he sometimes he does take that back. But he just generally speaking, he waits for somebody else and then he he responds. He responds aggressively. He responds over the top. It's not physical. It's not. It's not. Um, Anything that's against the law, you're allowed to say that. What kind of, you know, I once got in trouble. They actually try to make it a thing when I said, we got to fight for Trump. We got to fight for Trump. I mean, maybe the Beastie Boys should have been arrested for a row. You got to fight for your right to party. Remember that? Um, it's, you know, CNN, they did a whole segment. You know, Greg Kelly said, fight for Trump. I mean, that's really troubling rhetoric, isn't it? And then I had to point out that night, I said, well, what about when Hillary came out? And her campaign anthem was, this is my fight song. I got a lot of fight left in me. Remember that Rachel Platten thing? It was on every Toyota commercial for about uh, a year and a half. Anyway, uh, he's got a right to say this stuff. He's got a duty to stay, say this stuff. It's an exciting time to be alive to watch all this because they are failing and he's getting stronger. And I think America's going to win. Give me a moment, please. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We found this letter kind of amazing. It's from January 20th, 2011. This is from the Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden, to you personally, and it's personalized here at the bottom. Devin Archer, Rosemont Seneca Partners, that was your partnership with Hunter Biden in Georgetown. Dear Devin, I apologize for not getting a chance to talk to you at the luncheon yesterday. I was having trouble getting away from hosting President Hu, Hu Jintang, who was yes. running China at that point. I hope I get a chance to see you again soon with Hunter. I hope you enjoyed lunch. Thanks for coming. Sincerely, Joseph R. Biden Jr. P.S. Handwritten. Happy you guys are together. So there are many levels here. But here's the vice president of the United States saying to you, a man in his mid-30s, who's not a government official, I'm sorry I was occupied with the guy who runs the world's largest country. I would much rather talk to you and thank you. What was he thanking you for? Well, uh, you know, first of all, it's a lovely letter. and all right. it was Devin Archer. <laughs> it's quite enthusiastic. It's a little weird, though, right? Yeah, well, it was, it, you got to listen to the whole one hour, which is a pain in the neck. And Devin Archer was definitely playing games and holding back and being coy and being cute. And I think he wants a pardon from uh, the Bidens, all right? But the stuff that he did actually um, establish or say on the record, obviously, is pretty devastating. Um, that Hunter and Joe and Devin, <laughs> uh, they were talking to the vice president about business. Well, he actually did not say he was talking about the weather, whatever. Joe Biden was calling those guys <laughs> in full view. Uh, the audience was these crazy oligarchs uh, to establish their credibility, to establish that we can get to this guy whenever we have to. Uh, Hunter, especially. And there he is, the three of them, at some um, very sensitive uh, White House meal with the president of China. Now, why would Devin Archer and Hunter be there, right? All right, we all know this, cashing in like crazy, uh, all those millions of dollars, going to the grandkids. i got to follow up on that. You know, grandkids, they traced wire transfers from Romania, Ukraine, and China to Joe Biden's grandchildren to Hunter Biden's wife, to Hunter Biden's ex-wife, to Joe Biden's brother, to Joe Biden's sister-in-law, all these crazy people. Um, everybody getting money except Joe. That tells you something right there. I mean, it's like that That tells you, I think, that is a scheme. Anyway, not one word about any of that, any of that on the Sunday shows. Now, I granted, all right, if you don't want to go bananas with it, that's fine. It dominated conservative media this week, but you got to at least mention it, right? No. No, it was all about uh, trying trying to, attempting to undermine Trump's attorney. Hey, does anybody recognize this theme? Go ahead. Hmm? Bam. French Connection. The French Connection uh, with Gene Hackman and... Bill Schneider, whatever his name was, directed by William Friedkin. William Friedkin, I just got a note here, he died at the age of 87. I liked William Friedkin a lot. I actually love The French Connection. I would put it in my top 20 movies, maybe. 
Although, quite frankly, some of the stuff they do, whoa, it, it's, uh, it was a different world. And some of the stuff they say, yikes. Um, and then what's the other one he did? Uh, the Exorcist. The Exorcist. He also did Cruising with Al Pacino. He actually had a very thoughtful biography, autobiography, that came out a few years ago. Talked about the how he made the French connection. Oh, you know, the famous scar chase scene, right? Um, wow. That was back when you could actually go after the bad guys. Maybe they were a little excessive. But anyway, William Friedkin, dead at the age of 87. I remember he actually was responding to a help wanted ad at a – he went to the wrong place. He was living in Chicago. He grew up poor, and there was a help wanted ad, and he, like, went to the insurance company. But they they said, oh, that's across the street. So he went across the street, and he actually wound up at the TV station. And, and like the insurance company, oh, and he forgot about the insurance company. Like oh, this TV station looks fantastic. I want to hang around here. And he, he did, and he became a news photographer, um, made a couple of interesting documentaries, and then went out to Hollywood. All right, James Flippin, welcome back from that exotic vacation, hey, Craig, to what Essex County? Where did you go again? <laughs> Monmouth well, County. I live in Essex County. The vacation was in Cape May County. Stone Harbor. There's a county down there. You sure? Oh yeah. Cape May County. Cape May County. And uh, well, you went from Essex County to Cape May County. You know, Did you, you get really, your passport stamped? <laughs> you really stirred people up with that, by the way. A couple people reached out to me on Instagram and and said, "Wow, Greg was really giving it to you over those comments." But it's important to go on family vacations and this kind of stuff. Family vacations. What do you mean? Oh, but that it's important to see the world. A guy your age, you should be out there. You yeah. Know, what did you say, Djibouti or? Uh, I did, Djibouti. You could go to Djibouti. I've been to Djibouti. You have. It's been. in East Africa. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't actually recommend Djibouti to be honest. <laughs> um, let's see. There's all. I mean, there's. Have you ever been to Bali? I have not. Have you been to India? No, I have not. Have you been to? Uh, let's see, Morocco. No. Man, I am such an international man of mystery. I've been to all these places. You are. Have you ever been to Israel? No, I have not. Mm, uh, Europe. Well, no. I'm planning a trip to Italy this coming next year sometime. Oh, don't get ahead of yourself. You're young. Oh, you're not single anymore. Right. Technically. Yeah. All right. Well, um, all right. It's, hey, look, if it works for you, that's fine. It was great. It was a very nice time. The weather was beautiful. Some time on the beach. We need humdrum guys like you around. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, welcome back. We Thank missed you. you. What's going on in the news? Well, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you let off the show talking about this Union Square chaos. And I had to do some research on this Kai Sanat. That's when you start to realize that you're getting a little older. You know what I mean? When you haven't heard of some of these people. No, that's not true. That has nothing to do with age. You don't I mean, think so? no, Kai Sanat. I mean, you don't have to know who Kai Sanat is. There's, you know, this thing. Everybody's famous, or nobody's famous. You know, you should not feel bad that you don't know. You don't play video games. Well, but you know what's interesting about him is Twitch is like a video game streaming platform, like if people watch each other play video games. Yeah, but this guy doesn't called, do it. It's called lame. What is he like? The influencer is the the avatar of it. What is he? He he just hangs out on his couch and talks and 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 just basically does, I guess, what you could call like a talk show on Twitch. He's got six million followers. I mean, like that we don't know or care who he is is fine. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know who I am. I've got fifty million followers on TikTok. Did you know that? Now I do. Well, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but uh, no, I mean, it's okay that we don't know who Twitch is. Uh, is he responsible for what happened? Was he stirring people up? Was he going crazy? I don't know. I mean, I think that there's going to be, he's going to obviously have to cut a check in some way. I mean, financially, I'm sure he'll be on the hook for all kinds of lawsuits and stuff like that. But Well, for all the hijinks I saw, and it was worse than hijinks, it was bad. I mean, the cops being assaulted, throwing stuff at the cops. 
looked like a city out of control. The only damage I really saw was that one guy jumping up and down on the roof of a car, and mm-hmm. that car really looked like it was in bad shape. Two, excuse me, two cars. Yeah. What, what else did they break? Um, I, there was a construction. There's a construction site there because they're redoing the subway stop. And there, from what I understand, there was equipment that may have been removed from there, or certainly building materials that were removed. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of property damage. Very unruly. Very unruly and riotous. Oh, but we're not supposed to call uh, such a uh, gathering a mob. The Chicago mayor actually says you should not call youth rampaging in the streets a mob. That would make that would hurt their feelings. Somehow. Don't they also not like the term riot? Uh, is that also falling out of That's favor? That's what I thought. Yeah. It is a uh, an intense gathering of individuals. Well, he got charged with uh, trying to allegedly incite a riot. So, well, it would be care. You know what they're trying to probably do is okay. Watch, we're going to treat him fair. You know, Donald Trump. You know, they're, they're they've got an eye on that too. So. I mean, I would be interested in, in what he did. It's not, it's, you know, what, what did he do? Right. But also, it's, <laughs> there are thousands of kids rush, raging around breaking stuff. All right. Anything else? Well, uh, NYPD's got some changes they're making to their top brass. Chief of Detectives James Essig is stepping down. New top cop, you know, they make some changes. Yeah, not like this. Not like this. Not, uh, not like they make the announcement on Friday, you're gone on Monday. It's very unprofessional. Very unprofessional. This crew, uh, I really, I'm, wor- I'm worried about the New York City Police Department. I don't think it's being well managed. I don't think it's being well led. And, um, I don't know much about Caban. Uh, interesting story about his brother who didn't quite frankly make it in the NYPD. Um, what, whatever. Um, so I'm not impressed. That's not the way you handle these things. And sticking with the Mayor Adams administration, they're opening a new emergency response and relief center on Randall's Island. All right. Uh, you know that, that that's like a it's a, an emergency response and relief center. Ooh. And uh, forgive me, but you know what? Reporter, they'll write that down and they'll report it, and they will never ever ever follow up. They'll never follow up. They're like, whatever happened with that relief center on Randall's Island? Oh yeah, we uh, uh, we forgot about that. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it just went right. Yeah, I right? mean, oh, uh, that doesn't that sound interesting? A what, what do you call it again? A relief center rescue plan, right? What? what? Relief set response and relief center emergency response. Wait, wait, it's all the way over on Randall's Island. I mean, that's like they don't have any emergencies over there. The emergencies are on this island mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the Bronx and on Long- and the Queens and Brooklyn. What, what what the hell kind of thing is that? It's uh, in response to the migrant situation. And in response to the migrant situation. Well, they already kicked them off of Randall's Island, right? They did. Well, yeah, right. The, the, these people. Uh, the Democrats in City Hall, what they love to do is just come up with a new label and hand out jackets with something, you know, some sort of counterterrorism and just hand out jackets and get, quite frankly, not you, but gullible press to go along with it. Oh, wow. This is a <laughs> what's it called again? Uh, emergency response and relief center. Emergency response and relief center. Isn't that like what the. NYPD is period emergency response. I mean, they do a lot of that already. I would think so, yeah. But now they got a name for it. All right. So, uh, hey, how about that Megan Rapino and that horrible kick? She stinks at soccer, and I always knew it. You know, she got way too political, way too silly and political. And quite frankly, well, you know, nobody, nobody's a real fan of soccer. Very few people are a real fan of soccer. Well, Diego, maybe you, <laughs> but you're from you're from Mexico. But Americans, for the most part, are not real fans. I mean, we only—I only hear anybody talk about it during the championship. Yeah, well, right? isn't there a, isn't there a soccer season? 
Right? Isn't there a soccer season? Nobody talks about it until it's the World Cup. Can you imagine if nobody ever talked about baseball until the World Series or football until the Super Bowl? Well, what about Messi with what he's doing in Miami? That's Who's making headlines. That? Lionel Messi, one of the best players in. Nobody knows who that is. What are the what are the best players? What David probably Beck- in- David Beckham is the best player. Ever? Oh, you think so? Ever? You're well, a big David, David Beckham, Beckham owns Miami. He got Messi to play on these teams. So. You see, I told you he's the best player, but nobody knows who that is. <laughs> nobody cares seriously. And as far as the women's go, the the field is too big for them. You notice that they they have no ball control. I played a little soccer. You know, it's just like chase the ball. <laughs> It's two hours of chase the ball. Am I right? It's too, the field is too big. This national women's team that used to be okay. You know, a couple of years ago, they played 14 year old kids in Dallas, 14 year old boys and lost five to two. Mm-hmm. You remember that? It happened. And Meg Rapino is going around her foul mouth, yelling and cursing and screaming and being all like in your face about her sexuality. We don't care. All right. You want to hook up with uh, whatever. Go for it. There are other things to talk about. Actually, you should not be talking about much of anything other than soccer. And this is why she blew it, because she get like, we're going to talk about voting rights. What the hell does that have to do with soccer? Nothing, right? Yeah. No, it's. I mean, there's a lot of uh, political pressure, I guess, on some of these athletes to feel like they need to make statements. No. I mean, she's definitely more on the proactive side. Yeah, she, she just shooting her mouth off because it's that's how she feels and look at me and I can talk about this stuff. She took her eye off the ball, literally. Literally. And I even I could have made that kick. Yeah. I could have made that kick. But I'm sure you're very upset that they No, they I'm lost. glad they lost. I'm absolutely glad they lost. I don't root for the American team when it's uh when it's these anti American Neil people. No way. Right? right? You guys are looking at me like I just said something traitorous no, or treasonous. No, I, mean, I think that you're not in the minority when you say that. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad the Swedes. Did you see those Swedish girls? <laughs> I don't want to sound like a... I don't want to sound gross, but... No, you're uh, just observing what's in front of you. I mean, all. they were they were very nice. They, they, they just... They were fantastic, and they deserve to win. All right, what else should we... I guess we're good here. Um, you want to hear the rest of this, John? Are people talking about the case much? Well, uh, I will tell you this, that apparently former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie says that Trump can get a fair trial in Washington, D.C. Oh, he wants him to go to jail. I mean, Chris Christie is is out to get Trump. He wants him to die in prison. He can, he can get a... You know, Chris Christie. I mean, why do people take him seriously? When the hell was he the governor anyway? Like... 20 years ago? I mean, nobody, like a while ago, nobody remembers. Yeah. Nobody has any idea what he did. Um, and I actually thought that his weight issue was a hormonal thing. But no, it's not. He just has a huge appetite. He just doesn't stop eating. That's a problem. You can't be president if you can't, you know, get your weight under 300 pounds. You can't. There are a lot of things I can't do. I can't. But he can't do that. What about, like, William Taft or Grover Cleveland? Or Who's something? that? Well, they they were president once upon a time, William, way over three hundred pounds. But they were terrible presidents. <laughs> they were Taft, especially. Yeah, now, I know he became a Supreme Court justice he after did. his presidency. Yeah, and uh, they had a custom. He couldn't get out of the. He got stuck in the bathtub. That's the famous story. Yeah, he got stuck in the bathtub. So we don't want that again. You can't have that. And it was a different era. You know what I mean? It was a different age. Um, you know, it was before things happened a lot slower. You got to be a bit more agile. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think Biden has trouble getting up those steps? Could Chris Christie do it? No, seriously. 
I don't think he could. And he's very arrogant. Don't you think? Uh, you, yeah. You're very reserved. Like you, you think he's going to give you a hard time because you live in New Jersey? Me, Chris Christie? No, no, I don't. I don't. I tend not to think about Chris Christie actually. Well, you brought him up, or as John Travolta said, you brought him up. And then the last thing I'll just mention is that we're watching these Russian and Chinese warships off the coast of Alaska. Yeah, they're the, ganging up against us. So keep an eye on that. Okay. Thank you, pal. Thanks, Greg. Very, very much. And, uh, oh, I got to go, too. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, on Capitol Hill right now, the families of those who were killed in Afghanistan are speaking out. Gold Star families speak out on the chaotic Afghanistan exit. Good for them. It looks like um, Sergeant Nicole Gee, her mother, she was 23 years old. Her mother, Christy Shamblin, is speaking right now. Do you remember? You may remember Sergeant Nicole Gee. She, there are numerous pictures of her with a little baby that she was cradling. Um, and actually she put on social media, I love my job. Uh, those amazing Americans, uh, killed so senselessly, needlessly, the botched Biden, um, withdrawal from Afghanistan. It never should have been like that. Can you believe it? You know, and nobody ever talks about it. We lost a war. We lost a war. Thanks to Joe Biden. And everything about this guy, his incompetence, his uh, dishonesty, all on full display. And all for some reason covered up. Covered up by the uh, by the media. All right. Um, uh, Chris in uh, – where the hell are you? Sorry, Chris. You're in the Cats – no, the other one. The one upstate. The one upstate in the Catskills. Yeah. Hello. No, the one up top, the Catskills one. Who wants to say something about Dana Bash? Do you have him? Are you there, Chris? All right, never mind. Uh, let's go to Tony. Hi, Tony. Hey, Greg. Oh. I just want to say quick, Greg. Yeah. Hi. I just want to say quickly, um, I was listening to Charles Stanley over the weekend just for some spiritual insight into everything that's happening with President Trump. And he talked about Thanksgiving in the midst of adversity and he said in Romans, we know that all things happen to us are working for our good if we love God and it's fitting into his plans. And I really felt encouraged to know that even though the things are bad, I thank God for people like John Morrow and who's going to dig, do a deep dive into all of this and that he's going to work things out for, for his plan, for God's plan. So I just wanted you to be encouraged by that, that we're not in this alone, that we have a spiritual covering over us. And just to thank God for each person that helps us out in this fight. Well, I am encouraged. I'm encouraged that you're listening to Charles Stanley. I, um, you know, I, I thought about him this weekend, but I did not listen to him. And uh, I don't think I read uh, this weekend. So, uh no, thank you for your encouragement. Charles Stanley, the late, great Charles Stanley, a fantastic minister from Atlanta. Um, someone gave me uh, the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, which is the traditional Bible, but it had a few footnotes in from Charles Stanley. And 
anyway, um, when I started reading the Bible, um, you know, when I first got the Bible, I'm like, get lost. I don't need this. I'm, uh, I, got, I got it all figured out. And uh, what are you, insulting me? When, when did you become such a church lady? And I started reading the thing years later, and wow, miracles started to happen. I started to make connections, and uh, it's amazing how how dumb I can still be, though, how, how the mistakes that I I can still make, and um, uh, but it's 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 all there. Thank you, Tony, very much. Very encouraging and a great reminder to me personally to get back in the word. Carmine, with that, we'll go to you before we go to break. Hi. Yes, Romans eight twenty eight. You know, I cried when Charles died. You know that. And I just wanted to say thank you, Greg, invited me to get back on my rowing machine because you're swimming and you're running, and uh, I really appreciate that. Um, I looked up Jack Smith's real name. It's John Lumen Smith. And the definition of lumen is to be less than human, equal to animal descent. Lumen? In, in what language? Latin? Uh, uh, it's- All right. We'll figure that one out when we come back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And now um, Kareem Nakui was one of the Marines killed over there in Afghanistan, and his father is speaking uh, on Capitol Hill right now. Uh, I remember this, uh, Kareem Nakui. I also talked to his mother once, and uh, really, you know, just a beautiful young man, you know, happy to be there. And this never, ever, ever should have happened, that horrible withdrawal from Afghanistan, the way it was handled. Absolutely terrible. Um, what else? Hey, uh, do you get these ads and people like in, in, cra- in crazy good shape on Instagram telling you like, you know, if you download this workout, you'll be in crazy good shape. I, I, I see it all the time and I am all the time endeavoring to possibly uh, attain that. With very, I mean, I'm not overweight right now, thanks to, uh, you know, and lots of things going on. NJ diet and the rest. I'm no longer overweight, but I'm a little bit flabby. It's kind of just hanging down. And one of the things, what do they call it? The dad bod. The dad bod. When you get kids, it's just kind of like, and I, I am so blessed. My wife and I, we have two amazing children. Um, let's see. Madeline is one and Annalise is three. And I had a little conversation with my three-year-old as she was taking a bath and washing her toy pterodactyl. Uh, go ahead. Hmm? Hmm? I'm doing, I'm rubbing the pterodactyl with soap. You, you're washing the pterodactyl? Yeah. What is he, why? Because he's dirty. <laughs> what is a pterodactyl? Why? Hmm. Okay. Anything else going on? And he got some hands, and I can rub his feet and his wings and wings. Hmm. That's pretty much it. You hear the girl in the background crying? That's uh, <laughs> it's the soundtrack of our lives, and it's 
absolutely beautiful. I I love it. I love it. Hey, one other thing that no one's talking about, Jack Smith here, and I didn't catch this because I read the indictment of Donald Trump. I knew it was phony, and I pointed out all kinds of problems, discrepancies, uh, silly political observations, but I missed this. And it's item 104. Let me go back to that. Okay. This is a lie. This is There's a lie in the indictment. Next, beginning at 1156, the defendant, Trump, made multiple knowingly false statements integral to his claims um, to defeat the federal government function, his plans to defeat the federal government function, obstruct certification, and interfere with others' right to vote and have their votes counted. Now, number one, they cannot say that. They do not know that. They can't know that. And I don't believe that President Trump believes he lost the election. He believes he won the election. doesn't matter what his advisors told him. It does not matter. Um, and the advisors have a habit of being wrong around Donald Trump. They all told him to get out of the election. But that's not the lie I'm talking about here. Uh, the defendant repeated false claims of election fraud, gave false hope that the vice president might change the election outcome. You're allowed to do all this stuff, oh, by the way. You really are. This guy's trying to criminalize uh, politics. But here's the part. He directed the crowd in front of him to go to the Capitol as a means to obstruct the certification and pressure the vice president to fraudulently obstruct the certification. Now, that's not true. That is one hell of a leap. He said, peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. How he doesn't include it. And I heard that Alan Dershowitz... Alan Dershowitz actually thinks this is a crime that he could be indicted for, that you can't put this kind of stuff in in writing, in federal paperwork. You can go to jail. You can be charged. Um, that guy is totally out of control. He said, what did he say, January 6th, an unprecedented attack on our democracy? No, it wasn't. I mean, uh, 1812, the War of 1812. You ever seen that? You ever see a painting of the Capitol on fire, of the White House on fire? I think that was a, a bit more serious. What else? How about the two Capitol Police officers who were shot and killed on Capitol Hill in 1998? How about the bombs that uh, blew up right outside the Senate and in the House? A bomb in 1980, another one right around World War One. Bombs, explosions, boom, went off. Um, so this is all hyperbolic, all political. Hey, another thing, <clears throat> that Megan Rapino missed that shot. Trump said, nice shot, Megan. He's just so on it. Every little thing, this guy is all over. And, uh, you know, they talk about the bubble of the presidency or the bubble of a rich person like that. He is, he's all over everything that's happening. Um, and just totally current, you know, he has his finger on the pulse, unlike Joe Biden. I mean, where is he? What is he? What is he thinking? You know, he's just totally out of it and everybody knows it. Uh, all right, so uh, George Stephanopoulos, I, I, we played a couple of seconds of this. I want to go back to it. And you can take it from the top if we got the whole thing. Do we have the whole thing? All right, um, Stephanopoulos, you know about this guy. He worked uh, for Bill Clinton in the 1992 campaign. That's how he got famous. And he was brutal. He was a political guerrilla warfare warrior. I mean, the stuff that he would threaten people with. I mean, it was awful. And he says it out loud in this film called The War Room. But back then, well, he's a Democrat. I mean, it's a Democrat. You're, they're allowed to do whatever they want. George Stephanopoulos is interviewing John Lauro. Hey, remember this about George Stephanopoulos, who was obnoxious and wrong throughout this entire interview. Um, he's best buddies with, uh, or was with Jeffrey Epstein. 
He went to Jeffrey Epstein's house and had dinner with the guy. He was his companion. Imagine that, huh? And this is after, after Jeffrey Epstein was convicted of molesting young girls. And the world news tonight, whatever he is, a Sunday show, um, Mr. Anchorman over there at ABC News. I mean, I guess it shouldn't surprise us. It is fake news, right? Okay, let's go to this, please. I think you may enjoy it. Go ahead. It's required. Hmm? Hmm? Thank you for joining us. Good morning. This morning, I want to start with the, the man who's probably turning out to be one of the top, if not the chief witness for the prosecution in this case, former Vice President Mike Pence. He's taken issue with your contention that President Trump was simply asking him to pause the certification. Let's take a look. The American people deserve to know uh, that President Trump uh, and his advisors uh, didn't just ask me to pause. They asked me to reject votes, return votes, essentially to overturn the election. What's your response? Yeah. Mike Pence will be one of our best witnesses at trial. I read his book very carefully. And if he testifies consistent with his book, then President Trump will be acquitted for these reasons. Number one, Mr. Pence recognizes that John Eastman, who was giving legal advice, was a renowned legal scholar. Number two, Vice President Pence recognized that there were discrepancies and fraud in connection with the election. He wanted it to be debated on Capitol Hill. Mr. Trump wanted it to be debated in the state legislatures. But what, make no mistake about it, based on what Vice President Pence will say, the government will never be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that President Trump had corrupt or criminal intent. And that's what this case well, is about. Well, what Mike Pence has said all this week is that what President Trump did was wrong, and he knew uh, it was wrong, and he was pressing him to do something uh, that was wrong. It was also pretty clear. He never said it was criminal. He said it was wrong. Never said it was criminal. There's, there may be difference. You may think that somebody is acting um, inappropriately under constitutional principles, but Mr. Pence, who's a lawyer, never said to Mr. Trump, I think what you're doing is criminal, and that's very important. One of the things that you've been there is in, in White House meetings, a Not lot of meeting like that. A lot of ahead. options are, are, are on the table or discussed. The ultimate option that Mr. Trump asked for, President Trump asked for at the ellipse speech, was merely to pause the voting for a period of time to allow the state legislature to weigh for in. For many days before that, he was insisting that they would reject the votes. He was making it very clear to Mr. Pence that he wanted them rejected. You're right that he eventually went to the ellipse and said, let's pause the votes. Now, even that, though, you talk about Mr. Eastman, even that, Mr. Eastman said, was a violation of the law. So he didn't know that he was breaking the law. No, he didn't say that. He actually he, did say that. He, no, he wrote it as a minor said, violation no, of the law. He said that the Electoral Count Act was unconstitutional, and the only thing that's required under the Electoral Count Act is a vote on January 6th, which Mr. Eastman said, said which is very important. That it was a violation. No, but you have to let me finish. You have to let me finish. Yeah, but I, I'm just responding <laughs> yeah. to something. No, because... No, yeah, because I mean, what Mr. the hell, Eastman's... George? You want to be interviewed? Interview yourself. What the... <laughs> you still think you're the White House counselor? This guy, let the man speak. And George, he speaks so damn fast. Whatever he's trying to say, no one is hearing. All, you, all you're coming off as is an obnoxious prick. Excuse me. Keep going said is that the Constitution is superior to any statute, and it, and it trumps the Electoral uh, Count Act. What he was saying is that ultimately the right of the state legislatures uh, under the Constitution exists to weigh in on this issue, to recertify or audit. So what Mr. Eastman was saying, and Mr. Trump is not a lawyer. Let's understand that. He's a, he's, he's a, he's a political leader and a businessman. What, what Mr. Eastman was saying 
as an attorney, is that there's a constitutional pathway to making this ask. And one thing that Mr. Trump did, he only asked. You're allowed to petition your government for redress of grievances. A president is even allowed to petition his vice president. That has never been criminalized before. This is the first time because it's it happened. Because it was the first time he's ever tried to stop a certification of the vote. You talked about Mr. Eastman right there. Mr. Eastman did say that he believed that rejecting uh, the, the, the certification would lose nine to nothing. In the Supreme but that option was not the ultimate Mr. one that was asked. And all of those points, most importantly, were discussed among counsel in, in a meeting in terms of the opportunity for people to weigh in. These kinds well, of Well, except the way, hold no, on, no, no, I know I have to stop you there because that's, not, that's actually not accurate. Mr. Trump excluded his White House counsel from the, from the ultimate the, meeting with Mr. Eastman because he didn't want his White House counsel there because his White House counsel was telling him it was yeah, wrong. But, but, why, is, why, is George so, why is he so hyperventilated? Why is he so invested in this? These are the people who are supposed to be neutral. They're supposed to be neutral, but this whole thing, you know, to, to, to fact check in real time. And the White House counsel, it's the president. The White House counsel is not in the Constitution. The president can listen to whoever he wants. You know, the White House counsel. I, yeah, people fire lawyers all the time. I don't like what you have to say. I want to find somebody else. This happened. You're not, he's not obligated to follow anyone's advice, actually. Anyway, this guy is fantastic. John Laurel, the, the attorney who's speaking here. He's from Wantaw, Wantaw, Long Island. Um, and, uh, Georgetown undergrad, Georgetown Law School, a former federal prosecutor, uh, which is a big time credential in the legal community. Although right now, I don't know if it is present crop of federal prosecutors. All right, keep going. Had his lawyers there. And, and also you had Mr. Eastman there. And he said, to make Mr. that Eastman pitch. And the bottom, crazy. And, and, but that's fine. That's what happens in constitutional debates. People disagree all the time about constitutional points, but nobody gets indicted. These are not criminal cases. This is how the electoral system works out. Nothing is more important and sacred than political speech. And that will be sorted and, out. And you have to have the ability, even in the White House, to discuss these various political and constitutional options. And that will be adjudicated in the court. It's good to see that you're welcoming Mr. Pence as a witness. President Trump also said this week that he never told Mike Pence that he is, quote, too honest, as alleged in the indictment. Is the president prepared to say that under oath in a court of law? The issue was described in Mr. Pence's book with respect to some of the litigation that was going on. And Mr. Pence said that he recalls Mr. Trump saying that Mr. Pence's position on a particular piece of litigation that was going on was, was hyper-technical and hyper-legal. That's a side issue. No one is going to be concerned about that. I cannot wait. I cannot wait until I have the opportunity to cross-examine Mr. Pence because what he will do is completely eliminate any doubt that Mr. Trump, President Trump, firmly believed that the election irregularities had led to inappropriate results. He, he what was so frustrating for President Trump was that he thought that Vice President Pence was certifying an election that was not lawfully held. And he had every right to petition his vice president to deal with that issue. I just want to go back to the issue of two honest. You're saying that the pre he's saying that Mike Pence did not say that. What if Mike Pence has no... I'll, I'll, ask, no I'll ask Mr. Pence the circumstances of that. But as, as described in Mr. Pence's book, it dealt with litigation... I'm asking that was about ongoing. as described in the indictment. As described in the indictment? Yes. It's up to the government to prove that. And I'll be... Well, and then well, I go and, back to But my it original, appears to be contrary to what Mr. Pence was saying. I go back to my original question. Right. Then. Will President Trump 
under oath, take the stand and say that Mike Pence did not say that. Let me say one thing. This is a criminal trial. It's up to the government to prove these things. The defense has no obligation to prove anything. We put the government to its test. The government must prove beyond a reasonable doubt that President Trump had criminal intent. What Mr. Pence is saying in his book, and if he's consistent in his book, is that Mr. Trump, President Trump, did not have criminal intent. He certainly disagreed with him as a constitutional matter, but he not once suggested, even till today, I've never heard him say that he thought that President Trump acted uh, criminally. I think if I ask him on cross-examination, he's going to say it's shocking. That guy is a hero. <laughs> We've been waiting for somebody like this. Uh, good stuff. John Lauro, the attorney for Donald Trump. And we'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Great big breaking news that Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court Justice, owns a used truck. Yes, yes, he owns a used truck. It was front page news in the Sunday Times. There it is. And he bought the truck in 1999. And it was used. It was eight years old at that point. And they went on and on and on. They tracked down the used car salesman. They tracked down uh, all the paperwork. They try. Oh, get this. He lives in Fairfax County, but the vehicle is registered in Prince William County. Oh, my goodness gracious. Wow, that's uh, that's big stuff there, huh? Poor guy. You know, it's always with this guy. You know, the what do they call it? A high, he called it a high-tech lynching. Justice Thomas, remember they came after him that uh, that Anita Hill fraud and that crazy story she told, which oh by the way in retrospect was not exactly sexual harassment. I mean it wasn't. He never laid a hand on her. Number one, you got to understand that, and he made a crude joke allegedly in her presence, a crude joke. But the fake news went wild all the way back in 1991. He was uh, he was guilty of something though, being a black conservative. And that really, really, really infuriates the left, infuriates the New York Times. That's unforgivable for them because they they think that your race, your identity, all that stuff, the, the out, the, what's on the outside should determine what's on the inside, which is, I think, the definition of racism. But anyway, they go on and on and on about this thing. He was, all right, so it's more than a truck. I guess it's a bus. Think about it. If you're Clarence Thomas and it's one of those, you know, tricked out buses with a couch and a chair and, um, you know, like a coach, I guess like that a rock band might use. Well, the guy can't exactly travel coach, can he? Clarence Thomas? How about the all, all the awful things that they would say and do to him if he steps out in public? Um, so we got a loan for this thing and it goes, I'm trying to figure out what the hell the story is. All right. He bought something. Good for him. He didn't steal it. They're saying, well, he should have declared the loan as a gift. What? He's a loan. Um, you know, meanwhile, Hunter Biden has a million, millions and millions and millions of dollars in his tax bill being paid by some stoner in California. Did you know that? Uh, his name is Kevin Morse, and he's like this lawyer in uh, California who just pays all of Hunter's bills. And not one damn thing about that in the New York Times or anywhere else for that matter.
Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Here's just some of the agenda that I will immediately implement when we become the 47th president of the United States. And it's we, not I. I will totally obliterate the deep state. It's a sick, bad group of people. I will say no to 87,000 IRS agents who want to take your money and destroy your lives. I will end the disaster known as Bidenomics, which shall henceforth be defined as inflation, submission, and failure. We will turn around our economy very, very quickly. I will cancel every Biden regulation that's harming Alabama workers and workers all over the United States. Wow. You know, he was uh, very good this weekend. He's always good. He's so consistent. He's so consistent. And when you get Joe Biden up there, you don't know what the hell's going to happen. It could go either way. He could be a catastrophe. He could fall down. He could lose his place. He could faint. He could die. I mean, it's just, it's just awful. It's just no representation for the presidency. We need somebody better. Um, and, uh, you know, I do think they're going to give him the hook. Uh, I think they're going to, it's going to be Michelle Obama. That's who they want. That's who they're grooming. Gavin Newsom is, Gavin Newsom is just as beatable as Biden. Uh, once they get a look at that pretty boy with the hair and they realize there's nothing there, nothing deeper than the, uh, look at him. He's trim. We already have that. We don't care. We don't care about that stuff anymore. It's like John Kerry. I look like a president. No, you don't. We, it, it, it just, it's, it's, that's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. I mean, look, it doesn't hurt, but it doesn't where we, we can, we can make that assessment instantaneously and then it's right onto the issues. And, um, Newsom, the left, uh, they are wrong. They're going to have to defend all this stuff. They're going to have to defend woke. They're going to have to defend critical race theory. They're going to have to give a pass to uh, Black Lives Matter and all this hideous crap that we're at, we uh, we Americans have to deal with right now. It's um, it's just awful, awful uh, the state of this country. And uh, but hope hope I do feel is very much on the horizon, don't you? I want to hear one more, uh, actually two more from Donald Trump. This is Friday in Atlanta. Cut two. As an example, every one of these. Many fake charges filed against me by the corrupt Biden DOJ could have been filed two and a half years ago. They didn't want to do it two and a half years ago. They wanted to wait, and they did wait. They waited right to the middle of an election, and they waited until I became the dominant force in the polls because we're dominating everybody, including Biden, in the polls. And then they filed them all, every one of them, all at essentially one time, including local DAs and AGs and even other cases, right in the middle of the campaign. Well, he's right. I mean, all these indictments come down within three months of each other, three months. It's 108 months from 2016 to 2024. And these three months, within six months now, we're we're six months away, five months away from the Iowa caucus. Can you believe that? And they're, they're pulling this. Hey, one other thing you realize that with Rex Hoyerman in custody, um, there's probably the, the era of the serial killer, which has basically been around all of history, um, is probably over. It's dying fast, which is good. There's just too many ways to get caught. There are too many ways. You can't be a serial killer anymore with the DNA and cameras all over the place. Um, it is amazing that uh, they it took so long to get this guy, 
I'm very frustrated by that. Uh, Hoyerman should have been arrested a long time ago, um, probably in 2012. That's when they had all of the information they needed. But I think they were relying too much on computers, too much on well, the database. We gotta we gotta check the database. Sometimes you gotta the best database is your brain, and and, and how do you fill the uh, database with your feet and your eyeballs? And going out there and looking at every single house in Massapequa Park. In 2012, they knew those calls were coming from Massapequa Park. They knew that they were looking for a uh, Chevrolet Avalanche. And they knew they were looking for a big tall guy. A big tall guy who was last seen uh, trying to use the services of, uh, I think her name was Costello. That was the last victim. Anyway, um, Sandra, hello. Hi, Greg. Before I run off to the gym, I wanted to just share two thoughts with you, if I may. One, um, John Lauro. You know, there's a there's a thing that I live in my I use in my life. It's called face it, trace it, and erase it. And that's what he's doing. He goes right to the target. He's not afraid. He faces it, he traces it, and he's going to erase it. Everything for Trump, he's going to do that. Well, what do you and mean? I, I don't. I mean, I, I get the face part, but the trace it and erase it part. What does that mean? Oh, you face the problem. You, I got a problem, let's just say. And then you face it. Then you trace it. You look, why did I get this problem? And then when you trace it, then you deal with it. Then you erase it. So like take Pence, for instance. He's going right to the jugular. He read his book. He's tracing it. And he's going to face it. And he's going to erase it. And, and he's going to, that's what I think he does. He's All right. Afraid. No, I get it. Face it, trace it, erase it. I like it. What else? Okay. Also, with uh, Jack Smith, over the weekend I saw them say on the tick of thing that he's getting death threats. Now, I am not a violent person, and I don't want violence in any way, but just like a rubber band, you stretch it enough, it's going to break. People are becoming upset. So I say this, no death threats, but just get, get disbar him and prosecute him because what he's doing to Donald Trump is so unfair. Soon Donald Trump won't be able to talk to us and tell us what's going on. Well, That's, <laughs> it might be illegal what he's done, actually, if you look at the lie in the indictment, item 104. Look, we don't like death threats. Um, although, guess what? In the swamp, they actually do. It's, it's a, um, it's a bragging right. It is a credential. It's like, oh, look at me, especially, especially if they can portray it as coming from MAGA. You know, all day long, people, if you really wanted to kill somebody, would you pick up the phone and say, I'm going to kill you? No, you wouldn't. You just kill the guy, all right? I don't want anybody to kill anybody, but that's how you do it. These are crank phone callers, all right? These are idiots. I mean, they're not they're not going to make good on that good thing. It's also illegal to make a death threat. So, um, and the people who do that are kooks for the most part, and they're kooks from all, you know, all walks of life, but they will portray it as you see he is in jeopardy because of MAGA and Donald Trump, and he's fueling his supporters. So they're playing a the game. And uh, and then, oh, by the way, you get uh, all the uh, security, right? You get guys with little uh, wires in their ear, and you get a black car, and you get all the credit, all, all the uh, perks, the perks that come with a, a, a quote-unquote death threat. All right? And they can make it look like they're victims, but they really are enjoying the power and the status of a death threat. Thank you, uh, Sandra. Ernesto in Jersey City, yeah. Hey, how you doing? I want to tell you that Trump loves soccer. He played soccer in high school, and I also love soccer. And God made man with two legs so he could play soccer. Oh, that's fine. I don't care for soccer. I've never heard that about Trump before. 
But um, you like soccer, and that's fine. Not everybody does, including me. Fine, too. What? That's fine, too. All right. Um, I think that's, that's fake news there about Trump playing soccer in high school. Get up, Google it. This I think that's some fake news. I, there's all, he's a baseball. He was baseball. You know, you can get in trouble for calling the radio station with fake news. I'm only kidding, Ernesto. What do you do? Uh, uh, what do you do? Um, I work. I All right. Work. Thank you. Have- we'll leave it at that. Thank you very much. He works. He provides. He provides. Um, let me just see this. Soccer. Donald Trump. I don't think so. Let's look at an image there. I don't see anything. I see him. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hmm. Hmm. Well, what do you know? Wait a second. That's not a soccer ball. Looks like a volleyball or a squash ball. There's a whole discussion of it online. It's definitely not a soccer ball. I don't know, but I've never seen this picture before. Ernesto, you may have been onto something. I apologize. Um, but I still don't know if that's a soccer ball. He went to a place called the New York Military Academy, which is upstate, not too far from West Point, and he was um, a very good baseball player. I've seen pictures of him in baseball uniforms, and uh, here's a picture of him in what looks like it could be rugby. Uh, what do they play? What kind of ball do they play rugby with? Is it a football? I don't know. Um, I'm it, looking at the same image, image you are, and that that is a soccer ball. That's what they used to look like, yeah. Oh, that's an old-timey soccer ball? Old-timey, the- yeah. All right. All right, Ernesto. He played soccer. What else? Need proof? Here he is looking at the... And there's a video of him playing soccer, too. Wait, no. Um, anyway, I still don't like it. And I played it myself. I found that frustrating to play. I find it even more frustrating to watch. It's a, it's a pain in the neck. Barry in Sussex County, hi. Hi, Eric. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, uh, I, I, was, I was watching this uh, memorial for the 13 Marines that were left uh, in Afghan um, and all the equipment that we left behind uh, as our commander-in-chief in the D- Department of Defense left them there and abandoned them. Um, and it's a disgrace. Now, I, I, I know that Biden is not calling most of the shots. He's got Terry, he's got uh, several people of the staff. Uh, yeah, I know. So, uh, right, exactly. He's not in charge. What's the What's the bottom line? Well, he, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just get sick and tired of listening to him every day when I'm watching the news. And I was watching, I was watching uh, this on the uh, on Afghan, and and, and and I had my tears in my eyes. I I served a long time ago. I was blessed that I did not go to. In, I was too young for Korea and too old for combat in Vietnam. Okay, so you can imagine how old I am, and it is annoying to watch some of these people today. It just drives me insane. Ah, come I'm, on, it, it, I know what you mean, but um, hang in there. Don't go crazy. Uh, so late. Let me think. You must be. You must be eighty-five years old. Eighty-three. All right, close <laughs> okay, enough. Given uh, the I, given the I, biographical, given the uh, you know too old, uh, too young for Korea, too old for Vietnam. Not bad, huh? Not bad. 
Anyway, you sound good, Barry. What did you do uh, when you, I, I take it you retired? What was your profession? I was in the, the communications business, medical communications, and executive search. Oh, when you go recruiting people, right? You go recruiting, uh, you go look for, uh, like, you know, you, what? Uh, after I got out of the service, I drew, I was, uh, I had been hired by Mobile Oil. Wow. And then somebody, somebody, uh, doubled my salary and uh, it was a friend of mine called and said, well, he you join us. He doubled my salary. And back then, when I started, I brought home $175 every two weeks. Net. So, well, congratulations. And, that executive search is very lucrative from what I understand. Some company, you know, they need a new CFO, and then you find that CFO. And uh, that's kind of a cool, uh, not, not a lot of people know about it, but that's very interesting. Barry, thank you. Oh, I'm out of time. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. You know, as they continue to run around raging about white supremacy, and it's the number one threat to uh, our national security. Have you ever heard that? It is a total myth and a lie. Now, uh, white supremacy is uh, stupid and perverted and weird, and those who practice it are off in the woods somewhere. Some are in prison. The moment they break the law they should be thrown in prison if you want to be that stupid you can be that stupid to be a white supremacist but it's a non-factor in america um and as that rages on and all that fake news about uh white people and the threat they pose and the trump supporters and the uh it really was well they were all skirting around the real issue the real issue when it comes to asian americans i'm sorry i am sorry to report this but there are a disproportionate number of black Americans harassing Asian people. It's uh, a thing. I don't know why. Um, I've had Kenny Shu on my show a couple of times to talk about it. Um, there's something cultural, perhaps, but it's ugly. And I'm looking at this horrible video from the weekend. Um, three. Well, they're picking on a an Asian family. And uh, they're not white supremacists. Let me just say that, okay? They're clearly not white supremacists who are the aggressors here. And I think people, no matter what they look like, are generally good, okay? Generally good. Um, but <laughs> uh, there are some problems. And when we look at the aggregate numbers and we start talking about what those numbers tell us and proportionality and what's disproportionate, well, we see some di- very disturbing trends, and we can talk about them out loud, uh, or we can pretend that uh, white supremacists is the big thing that's threatening America. All right. I want to do this uh, George Stephanopoulos thing again. Can I, please? Uh, this is, uh, let's take it from where we just were. This is George Stephanopoulos getting his uh, lunch uh, taken from him by uh, John Lauro, Trump's attorney. That the Biden administration brought this as a criminal. Well, we'll case. see what he says when he's under cross examination. You still haven't answered my question about whether or not President Trump is going to take the stand. I, that's impossible to say right now. What we have to see is what what the what the Biden administration is going to put on evidence. If they put on Vice President Pence as a witness, I think the case will be dismissed after the government's case. It'll never come to a defense case because the government the government really has no evidence of criminal intent. What they have to show beyond a reasonable doubt, is that President Trump did not believe 
that this election had irregularities and improprieties. They so would have to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, the, the, Smith is pretty clear in the indictment about the fact that President Trump lost the election. So you're arguing that Trump won or that he believed his lies about the election? No, here's what people don't understand. This is a criminal case where they have to prove not whether or not he won, but whether or not he was acting corruptly, whether or not he was acting with a consciousness of guilt, with criminal intent. They'll never be able to prove that. That's the point. That whether or not Mr. Trump or, or Mr. Biden won, there's no question that there were irregularities and, and anomalies in the election. This election Actually, was held. every single court this, that looked at it said there were, there were irregularities this election, the election. This every election was occurred, in a, occurred in a pandemic. N not every court got to address the merits. As you know, most of the cases were dismissed prior to the merits. Now this is a criminal case. The burden of proof is on the government, not on the defense. One thing that Mike Pence and President Trump agree on, and there's no doubt about it, is that these issues needed to be debated on January 6th. Mr. Pence wanted them to be debated in Congress. He invited congressional leaders to make objections, to raise issues of fraud, to raise issues of irregularity. The only difference was that Mike Pence wanted it to be done on Capitol Hill. President Trump wanted it to be done in the state legislature. The difference is that Mike Pence wanted to certify the election. He said he was right to certify the election. He said President Trump was wrong to press on, pressure him. In not his to book, do he that. said he wanted an open debate. That's not what he said. That's not what he said well, right now, and that's not what he book. did. He certified it. I didn't no, read, his read his book. book. Let me ask you a final question. You, the, the, the prosecutors have also asked for a protective order um, governing the discovery, the discovery materials. You're supposed to respond by 5 p.m. Yeah. tomorrow to the judge. What's your response going to be? This is uh, an attack on you and members of the press. I'm, I'm really surprised people haven't spoken out about it. What the government, what the Biden administration is trying to do is prevent the press from learning about exculpatory and, and helpful information, evidence that the people have a right to know about. Do we love this guy or what? <laughs> Fantastic. All right, I got to wrap up here. Barbara, hello. Hi, Greg. Good afternoon. Hello. I'm back in Huntington, talking to you from Huntington. Welcome Hi. home. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I'm wondering, hearing Trump's attorney speak, and he is masterful, I'm wondering if there's going to be a parallel between him and John Adams and how John Adams so ably represented those British soldiers who were accused of the Boston Massacre. And John Adams came in in a very unpopular case because everyone was just livid with these um, these British soldiers. But John Adams came in and very clearly and very intelligently told the truth and defended them. And that's what Trump's lawyer is doing. He's telling the truth and he's doing it so well. I know it's so powerful. We've been deprived of the truth for so long and it's amazing. Uh, thank you, Barbara. And we'll wrap up with Carmine. Uh, final word. Yeah, I saw Barbie and we walked out, Greg. Don't give me pushback. I was, you live and learn. I don't it, care. You it, walked it, out of Barbie. I didn't even, I didn't even walk into Barbie. Good for you. I, I thought it was a cute love story. I thought I was taking acid. It was, it was just the most bizarre film. And the fact that it's number three in America for the past, and number one for the past three weeks in America just says what a sad state of affair that this country is in. Uh, well, All right. yeah, All right. I mean, I don't know if the Barbie has anything to do with it. I mean, uh, you know, crummy movies have existed for a long time, uh, but never crummier than now, quite frankly. Remember in the 70s and the 80s, we had some kick-ass movies. Remember Rocky? Remember when everybody saw Rocky? We could all get it behind Rocky. 
Uh, now we have Barbie. You can't do that. Now we have weirdo Oppenheimer and his nerd, you know, uh, I mean, it's fine to be a nerd. I shouldn't call him a nerd, but you know, he was a brainiac, but, um, you know, making up the love story and all that stuff and weird. I don't know. All right. I should be more open-minded, perhaps. Hey, we want to thank Ernesto for setting us straight about uh, Trump playing soccer. Who knew? But he did. Um, don't hear him talk about it much. Uh, whatever. And uh, Megan Rapino, you should have made that shot. You should have made that shot.